0: another week in the foyer reference household but guess what OT Mm. we have a new format to the foyer reference podcast oh yeah it's called reference max
1: (laughs) I wonder how you got that one (laughs)
0: Um, we have a lot to say on new releases so we're fitting it all into a multi splushy review episode nice thank you so much to universal as well as Tracy Mayer publicity let's get on with the show Friends and lovers, welcome back to Reference Max. At the Four Year Reference Podcast, you got your host, Katie. And OT. The multi-splushy review episode for you, not just you, but you. Dig through the archives of growing pains, investigative journalism, and historical fanfare with Armageddon time, She Said, and The Lost King this week.
1: Woo-hoo-hoo.
0: We're shaking things up, OT. Mm-hmm. Uh, This is going to be very interesting. Welcome, welcome, friends and lovers. There is no time to say spoiler because we have been given the opportunity to go to many screenings recently. Um, For the most part, we can catch up to it in our weekly sort of format. However, there have been some screenings that we've had and we are getting into some splooshy festive fanfare. Um, So there's a lot of Christmas stuff that we have going on and that we're very excited. If you've been in the foyer reference household for a while, you know how it goes down on a Christmas sort of affair. Um, But there's definitely some films that we want to cover that have been released or are about to be released that we want to talk about today. We're not necessarily going to get into spoilers, so... Strap on in friends and lovers We are starting off with Armageddon time Again, thank you to Universal I had the opportunity to watch it before it came out uh, For general release in Australia theatres OT hasn't had a chance to watch it yet And I do declare that we will make it a full review episode But I do want to capture it on the podcast Perhaps a teaser trailer, if you're nasty So let's get into general stats information, this film, this... L to the OT (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
0: level of a film written and directed by James Gray, released in the Cannes Film Festival in May of 2022 for general release in November, specifically in Australia, also uh, October in the US and then general release in November as well. A budget of $15 million and a worldwide gross so far of $3.8 million. Mm, Nice. That's why it's important to talk about it. So more people go and check out the film. Mm -hmm. In way of cast. Oh, I have a lot to say, O.T., but in way of cast, Anne Hathaway, Jeremy Strong. Check out our Succession episode, Friends and Lovers. Banks Repetta, Jalen Webb, as well as Anthony
1: Hopkins. Yeah, I know you had thoughts. (laughs)
0: I had thoughts, yeah. Uh,
1: From the minute you got out of the cinema, you're like, bruh, (laughs) and Hathaway is the best. I did not not say that. But you're very impressed. And for you to be that impressed by her, it takes takes a lot.
0: It does. But I am for women. Clearly. (laughs) But you're right. I I would say that this is in I don't I don't necessarily like to make lists, but I would say that this is in my top 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 of 2022 films.
1: Wow. Top, top, top,
0: top, top, top. Um, I have written down some themes. Obviously we're not going to actually discuss them in detail and we'll wait for an actual episode of that. If I can toxic masculinity veto OT, if he doesn't even like this film, (laughs) we're still going to cover it. Um, but just generally, I really love this film. There's something to be said about films that are based on personal experiences um, that I'll come to in a second, but it was very effective. I really enjoyed it. You know, the, in the in the name, it, it talks of a different time from many decades ago, right? Um, perhaps n- nostalgic for some in America, um, but I really enjoyed it because we were really laser focused into the world that James Gray has created and so masterfully was able to craft in Armageddon time. Yeah. Um, just generally talking about the cast. Anne Hathaway did very well in this role. It's interesting at the star power that this film had, but it was able to serve the story, you know. All of the performances were centering what the story was and it wasn't necessarily about beating their superstar chests.
1: That's good. So we're not going to get a Movie 43 sort of experience from this?
0: Like a New Year's Eve. (laughs) 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 Or even... uh, Love actually, Mm. or the poor man's the holiday. Wow. Um, but Anne, yeah, Anne Hathaway, she didn't blow me away, but I was very impressed with her performance, especially, you know, the, the temperature of her character. Um, she hit all the notes that she needed to, um, you know, Fergie or otherwise with the national anthem.
1: What do you think of Jeremy Strong's character in this? Because I'm interested because I, I stun a good Jeremy Strong, um, uh performance yeah so um performance
0: it. performance is the key word um jeremy strong is becoming one of my favorite character actors
1: nice <laughs> yeah. i'll put that on loop <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> you know, the, the arc of a character can get very frustrating. And, you know, we talked about it in our most recent Succession episode. Um, but Jeremy Strong, he really commits. Like, <laughs> You know, there's, there's method acting, there's Daniel Day-Lewis, and there's Jeremy Strong, right? Um, his own
1: category. Nice. Yes.
0: But mm. I also hope that he's well and he's taking care of himself. You won't even believe his character in this film. Really? Yeah. Okay. I like I wasn't necessarily sitting there waiting for Kendall to come along, but the like immediately, like immediately, and this isn't a spoiler, especially if you've watched the trailer, but he's doing his best Ray Romano sort of voice. <laughs> <laughs> so even that, like, even just thinking of Jeremy Strong with a Ray Romano voice, um, yeah, the minded boggles, but wild.
1: It you had to be a Jeremy bruv. Yeah. <laughs>
0: He, yeah, he's beautiful, beautiful, exemplary, love it, absolutely. Going down the list of the cast and really the centre of the film, you know, Banks Rapetta is definitely one to watch, you know. When we talked about the black phone and the young actress in there, Madeline, I believe, mm. um, like he, I just... I loved it, and and obviously there are themes. I, I'm not going to talk in detail, but there are themes in this film. If you imagine the setting, you know we're transported to the 1980s, right? Mm. And this is centering a Jewish American family. Um, There's also a like in a core like black character, but there are black characters in this film. Um, And obviously, again, we're talking about the 1980s. So there's going to be less than savory language and even racism towards Jewish people as well as black people. Right.
1: Oh is is it the departed level of of racism?
0: Just for fun? <laughs> Just for fun. <laughs> no. Um I would say it's 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 more in the vein of what you would expect, right? At the like, time. Of the time.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. Um it wasn't nipple sniffing 1930s King Kong level. Okay. <laughs> But there was a little bit of progress to get into the 1980s. But what was interesting to me in the small theatrette where I was watching Armageddon Time, people kept getting shocked. (laughs) People kept getting shocked um, at, you know, certain bits of dialogue, especially in regards to the young black character
1: oh you
0: know what i mean and it's like yeah it's not right but it like it makes sense for the film and it's also erasure if you don't have that in the film either
1: all right okay so i'm i'm very interested in this you know you, you've mentioned some very good highlights on this you know from jeremy strong strong performance Oh, look at you. And Hathaways. And you you've mentioned Jalen. So well, I, you've mentioned Jalen as you tend to do. I will top my chest here and say. <laughs> he
0: was br- he was also very
1: brilliant in the film. I'm interested to see what this will be like. And um could you tell me could you tell me more about Anthony Hopkins' character in this?
0: Oh, we're just gonna skittle past Jalen Webb's character, eh? Hey?
1: No, no, like I don't want it I don't want you to okay, you tell me keep too it. much. Okay, okay. I feel like the more you tell me about Jalen's character then more it would probably sway me into whether or not I want to watch it. So let, let's let just leave it there with Jalen.
0: Bruh, you spent more time talking about the black lady in Air Force One than she was actually on screen.
1: She was what made the movie possible. You know, at the <laughs> end of it, if you're writing, if you're getting giving up medals... She's the fast one.
0: Okay. But my point is, you've got a lot of black tack, so it doesn't really matter. You're going to watch it anyway. Um, in regards to Anthony Hopkins' character, beautiful, lovely, amazing, great.
1: <laughs> wow. So everyone had just a stellar performance.
0: Yes. Super solid. Super, super, super solid. And I I guess we'll just like close off in the themes. I just want to talk a little bit about it. Obviously, this film is about a coming of age film. Mm. I think it does it very well. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to growing pains and that sort of thing, you know, I can't speak to whether the the portrayals were anti-Semitism, but there was definitely some anti-Jewish sort of stuff happening in the film. Um, but even just general stupid teenage shit or prepubescent shit, mm. um, was covered very well in this film. And it goes very nicely into the next theme that I have here is it's from experience. Okay. And the reason why it's important is because if you had someone else writing a film, the way that they the way that people would choose to portray a black character being a non-black person can really make or break it, right? Mm. It can it can coddle or it can super brutalize, right? Yeah. But it was done in a way that felt real from experience right? The film wasn't, the film, aside from the like sort of political sort of bits that you would have, um, within the film, it wasn't trying to contribute to the broader dialogue of social commentary. It wasn't trying to, you know, cast a light on on systemic issues in New York. You know what mm. I mean? It was living inside of the moment and inside of James Gray experience. Okay. But you see what I'm saying? Like there there are ways there are ways that characters can be portrayed that feel very caricaturish or can feel very unrealistic just to serve a particular plot point. But because it was being told from his experience, there's technically no wrong answer, right? <laughs> True, I hear you. He's hear not you. throwing cream at the Mona Lisa. <laughs> that's the wrong sort of performative, right? <laughs> but that's, I just like love splushes and accolades to James Gray and the crew, um, as well as the cast of Armageddon Time, because I really felt that reckoning. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, like lastly, just talking about family, Um, you know, aside, unless you're living in like a one division sitcom or even like a Kevin can fuck himself sort of, um, fantasy, you know, not all families have perfect dynamics. Right. Mm. And this film tackled family dynamics in a very interesting way. So I'm very, how are you feeling? Are you satiated? My love.
1: I am man. Like I feel I feel very intrigued into watching this. I'm excited about it. I think soon I'll go to the cinemas and watch this. Um, what makes it more interesting for me is your general sort of love for this. I know how hard it is for you to usually give such plaudits to a movie.
0: Okay.
1: So the fact that you say such good things about it, even in bits where those probably difficult to watch. Uh, based even from the audience reaction i'm like okay okay call on me fucking impressed i'm i, I really do want to watch this uh do you think it's a shot for the oscars
0: oh #oscars so strong am i right
1: it's <laughs> generally <Is Jeremy laughs> strong going to bring one home
0: oh he- <laughs> <laughs> he was so delightful, O.T. He was so delightful. You know, obviously characters have full dimension, but like his performance, absolutely, absolutely knock it out of the park. Nice. I'll,
1: I'll update I'll update the Jeremy Strong um, stan website for that then. <laughs>
0: um, well, it looks like I've sold you on Armageddon time um, and you've sold the segment or the new format, hopefully, to our friends and lovers. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to move on? Let's move on. Thanks again to Universal. Uh, this is she said. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, this is a social commentary. This is this is the big bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's get into general stats and information friends and lovers director maria schrader in way of screenplay rebecca linkowitz it's based on the book she said by megan tui as well as jody cantor it was released in the new york film festival premiered in october of 2022 and was released in november of 2022 worldwide we had the opportunity to see a preview screen screening in Sydney. Mm -hmm. Uh, The budget, $32 million, and a worldwide gross so far of $2.8 million. All
1: right.
0: In way of cast, and we'll talk about the cast, but in way of cast, Carrie Mulligan, Zoe Kazan, Patricia Clarkson, Jennifer Ely. Woo-hoo. Go and check out our Pride and Prejudice, the only recognized BBC miniseries, Pride and Prejudice, Friends and Lovers, Uh, as well as O.T.O.T.O.T., my MVP for this film, Samantha Morton.
1: Yeah. (laughs) if we're talking about
0: solid solid because she's not that main of a character right Mm. so i just want to lay some love and splooshes for samantha morden right now she brings her whole ass and her whole pussy to every role she does she does wow
1: yeah you can tell like she just steals the scene like it's hers bruv what are you trying to do being in the same sharing the same space there
0: get out (laughs) (laughs) you don't deserve to gaze upon samantha morden's countenance like i was so wow because friends and lovers we've talked about serpent queen and we will cover it eventually um but she is the titular character in that show and i'm not necessarily familiar with her beyond that show but she really reeled me in like she's so captivating in a very chill sort of way kind of like emma darcy um, our Targaryen from House of the Dragons Yeah Right um, She just drew me in And even the moments that she had in this film She just absolutely I was all the way in
1: <laughs> I'm like
0: Samantha Jesus, take the wheel Oh, wow <laughs> She's about it Like, people can be acting But this is a full-blown thespian right here Facts. I don't have any more lady love splooshes She took them all <laughs> <laughs> Hoo, hoo, hoo. So no spoilers, but how did you feel about She Said?
1: It was very revealing of what Hollywood is, you know, and the industry and what people let go. Yeah. You know, people knew shit was happening and no one really said anything. Um, and the fact that people just tiptoed around it. Yeah. Uh, seemingly just casting a fucking blind eye to everything. And the women that had to suffer through that, people had their passions, you know, on what they wanted to do with their careers and then you meet a dickhead like that. Yeah. And what transpires with everything that goes on and it's shown in the movie was just fucking heartbreaking. It being shown hopefully just breaks up down all the fucking barriers that are there. Mm people can speak up and feel comfortable in where they work without having to worry about shit nonsense that went through you know mm-hmm. um i think it was it's a necessary watch just to see how everything unfolded um what about you <sighs>
0: well i guess this is interesting and you know like my patrice woodbine with my full chest where the nuances are where the nuances are um Unfucking fortunately, even without trying, we were updated on Harvey Weinstein's trial. hmm um, you know, even again, even without trying, you'll you you'd see a lot of the detail. There were a lot of documentaries that came out. There were a lot of think pieces that came out. And if I were to use one word, I would say numb. And I I would say it has nothing to do with the film, but I also said to you, at least it's not a film about Cosby because that would be very fucking frustrating, mm. you know? Um, but I think because it's still like the, the, the ink is still wet and there's been so much coverage about it. I'm just sad. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Like those, those moments in the movie where they were either just, you know, play out, playing it out, what the conversations or whatever that went through. I was very, very uncomfortable and chilling. Yeah. You know, and just to reenact some things, it it, it was like, brah. And the people who knew that is what just boggles me, that they allowed shit to happen so much. Up until they felt that it was coming all, it, the, the house of cards was all fucking crumbling down. House of that's, cards, that's a very pointed reference. Yeah, and that's when people started jumping ship. And I'm like, it didn't need to get to that point. Yeah. And I don't know, like... <laughs> I understand the numbness and I get it. It's very bloody unfortunate. And I just hope that more people watch this because I really do think it's essential. Um, Despite the fact of us knowing what's happened to Harvey Weinstein right now, his sentencing and all that.
0: What I really, really enjoyed about this film was, you know, I talk a lot about how it's important for people to write from their own experiences and, you know, even in the, our Pussy Valley episode I talked about, you know, the importance of the pen um, and to make sure those pen have that experience, right, because then you can you can cover topics that are hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. You can cover topics that, you know, need to be talked about, right, right. but it's handled with a care that, for example, we don't see in a Tarantino film, Mm. especially in Django, right? Our Doctanian, our classic Doctanian um, sort of reference, right? What I loved about this film and, you know, obviously we're watching in the cinema, um, but I was like, this is absolutely made by women and this is nurtured by women because even though there were hard to sit through moments in this film, it was never used to a salacious impact. Yeah, They were able to demonstrate the the gross brutality and misuse of power without actually having to brutalise the performances. Mm. And to me that meant a lot. It, it might not mean a lot if you're not a woman, for example, um, but, you know, even, even recently we've been watching a lot of horror films that just very casually the central theme is about a woman fearing a man, right? Mm. Run, sweetheart, run. (laughs) (laughs) Barbarian, terrifier, Mm. right? This is literally just our recent viewings, right? And there's nothing wrong with, you know, the horror genre. There's nothing wrong with using this concept. However, it does feel at some point that women are disposable, right? Mm. And, you know that that's why it's great, and it's it's great to applaud films like Promising Young Woman, yeah, right, because of that turning of power, because of that wielding of the pen, because of shifting that focus, right? Yeah. And you know, th- th- this was this definitely wasn't an easy watch, but what I love, 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 love so much were the caring and warm embrace that the crew and the cast
1: had behind this film. Yeah, I really like that. I think I can't really add anything to that.
0: Yeah, in way of cast, you know, I just mentioned Promising Young Woman. We have Carey Mulligan. Whoop, whoop. First for the podcast, I believe.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, when I was looking, when I was doing my uh, Don Cheadle's Algae Rhythm IMDB research, she was the sister in Shame.
1: Yeah, Oh, we just missed it by a bit. We were meant to cover shame, eh? Yeah.
0: We felt too much shame.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: or not enough, if you're nasty. Um, what do you think about Carey Mulligan's performance?
1: Oh, man, she's great in everything she does. Oh, absolutely. She was great in this. Um, I think she conveyed a lot of the emotions properly. Like, it felt, nothing felt, for all the characters, nothing felt overacted. Everything was just... They conveyed the mood and the tone of the movie quite well.
0: It wasn't like Jennifer Lawrence's character in Don't Look Up. Why aren't you listening to me? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. It, it and in some cases it felt understated, and I think that there were moments where that was needed as well.
1: Yeah, it, it had to be. It had to be.
0: Yeah, because I, I spent a lot of time spreading love to Samantha Morton, but Kerry Mulligan was very, very strong, as well as Zoe Kazan, who was in the big sick with mm. Kamal Nanjiani, a film that I really, really love. But it came out before this podcast, so we'll definitely need to rewatch that film. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, def- definitely um, an experience. And again, I-, I-, I can't give any more love and accolades to the way this film was crafted and delivered to the world.
1: Nice.
0: Are you ready to go digging, O.T.? Ooh.
1: consider me Doug. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, some might call you the found king, but we're covering the lost king. Whoop, whoop. General stats and information, director Stephen Freese, writers Steve Coogan, who also stars in the film, as well as Jeff Pope. Credits include screenplay for Philomena and Stan and Ollie.
1: Nice. We love Stan and Ollie.
0: Deep cut friends and lovers, but um, we were supposed to cover Stan and Ollie many, many years ago. But maybe with my immature film criticism eyes, I didn't get it.
1: I really enjoyed it and I I don't really wanted to cover it, but Katie just like, nah, Vito, didn't enjoy it, didn't get it, get in the bin. Well, yeah. Wow. Well,
0: I, I would challenge myself to watch it again. So perhaps friends and lovers, we might see Kelly from Insecure growth.
1: Wow. Yeah. Not Issa growth.
0: No, because I know my references. Uh, This is based on The King's Grave, The Search for Richard III by Philippa Langley and Michael Jones. Thank you so much to Sue and the team at Tracy Mayer Publicity uh, for inviting us to a preview screening. This film will be available uh, December 26th in Australia. It was released in September 2022 at TIFF. Um, And a worldwide gross of $1.7 million so far. Sally Hawkins, Steve Coogan, as well as Harry Lloyd. Ooh, what are your first impressions, OT?
1: I really didn't know anything going in. Okay. You know, and- up until the end, when I realized that it's actually based on a true story, that's when everything just clicked for me with it. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay, this makes way more sense. Uh-huh. Um, I think I was struggling throughout. I was struggling throughout to understand why. Okay. And when I realized that it was, oh, based on a true story, I was like, okay, cool. This now makes sense to me okay. on how everything was uh, was done, delivered, and executed.
0: Nice. Um, You know who else is nice? Mm. Tim. Tim and Lee from the Popcorn Podcast. Uh, I don't know what Ot wants to blame it on, but we were 10 minutes late to the screening. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but I thought that was interesting because at the end um, of the screening, Tim filled us in on what we missed. But because we had missed that, it added extra mystery to the film.
1: Uh, Did it? Because I remember... Because when you got in and sat down and people started cuckling, the mere sight of Philippa just staring outside the window. I was like, wait, what am I missing here? You know, those sort of... No, I think that
0: was just context. If you didn't find that funny, then you just didn't find the funny.
1: (laughs) No, because I didn't know what was going on. I was like, wait, what? What is it? She's just staring outside the window. But it made sense, even up until the end. No, well, it's who she was staring at that they were giggling. Yeah, of course they were laughing at the guy outside, but I didn't know that. I was like, wait, someone's sitting on the bench. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I think the release for this film is absolutely perfect. It's very much... During Christmas time, it's coming out in Boxing Day in Australia. Like after you've had a whole day of feasting, you just lay in the cinema. Maybe not lay there. You'll you'll probably get kicked out. Or you lay on the couch. Um, and you would watch a film like this. Cause it's it's you follow it along. It felt very um reminiscent of like a Nancy Drew, or maybe even like a Hardy Boys. It it had a nostalgia sort of tip to it. Um, as well, um, you know, obviously the film is following being, uh, following Philippa's character, um, and she's so interested. She's so engrossed, um, with finding Richard Third, mm. right? His remains, and that's not a spoiler. It's also in the description as well. Um, but you can imagine, you know, she's, she's, uh, not necessarily stay-at-home mum, but a lot of her life orbits around the care of others. Right. So she finally has something for herself. And, you know, <laughs> there was a moment during the film that I leaned over to OT and I'm like, this is me with Twilight. <laughs> 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 like I think it's cool. Like I think it's cool to have your own interests and to have your own hobbies and, you know, depending on how far down the Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole you want to go, so um there's definitely some depths to be had. Um it was interesting because I I guess in regards to history, I'm not necessarily um a European buff on knowing what happens. <laughs> <laughs> or where the remains are. Um, but it was, it was interesting to, you know, even through the film, understand a little bit of the history, the perception of Richard III, you know, at the time and how that has become common knowledge or, you know, folklore at this point. Um, it was interesting. I, I thought it was interesting. The cast um, was very interesting. But what I really enjoyed about this film, we haven't checked, like we haven't watched The Shape of Water yet. Um, But what I really loved about Philippa's character is how relatable she was. Mm. Like our life experiences couldn't be any more different, but I understood the need to shake up the monotony.
1: Yeah, I got that. You know, um, in her pursuit to find her own thing, you know, um, was was quite uh, relatable. Mm. You know, we see her juggling family life and all that. And it's weird, you know, because she also got support from her family, which yeah. is usually not the case when you see movies like this.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking about the mum and Muriel's wedding. Mm. Sad. Yeah. Go and check that. We watched the thing. Um, I did a collaboration about Muriel's wedding on there. Um But this film, this film's nice. Like it's a a little capsule of time.
1: It was very hard for me to, to sort of pull my thoughts together at the end of it. And I just had to sit down for a bit to really think through everything that I'd watched because at the moment, because throughout watching it, I'd see all this, you know. Philippa was quite relatable as a character. And even up until the end, I was like, I understand all this. But, you know, it all, I always had this underbelly of a feeling of understanding the reasons. You know, it could be just a hobby, it could be something else. Uh, People are driven by different things and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, like I just had to sort of amalgamate all that within my brain at the end of it.
0: Okay. I see that. Um, I want to talk about some controversy uh surrounding this film and you also see it portrayed in the film as well but I would love to hear your thoughts on you know I think it was when the first trailer was released there were some archaeologists that were none too pleased with the portrayal of I guess the contribution or the 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 big proportion of contribution that Philippa paid To the discovery, Mm. which kind of fits the narrative of the film. (laughs) But in real life, breaking the matrix, there was some poo pooing of the contribution that Philippa made. Thoughts, feelings?
1: Doesn't matter. At the end of the day, she had an inkling. She was like, let's raise money to do something. Whether or not she didn't hold a bloody shovel to dig it out Uh. doesn't matter it was all her all her research all her motivation in trying to find the body and people had people weren't really doing that so i don't know what the qualms are coming from
0: but i think she was led by passion like there were moments in the film where she just let herself run free and it's like no, there needs to be a
1: methodology to this. There needs to be a methodology, edge. <laughs> sh- <laughs> you can't just ride by
0: on rainbows and feelings.
1: But how rainbows and feelings got them the end, you know, got them to the end.
0: But her research was also based on research as well.
1: Yeah, it wasn't just all rainbows, even though when she spoke, it felt like, oh, this is just a feeling that I had rather than her actually portraying or her laying out everything that she'd done, research-wise, she more spoke of, ooh, this is how I feel. It came out more emotional than factual. Yes. Even when she did have the facts.
0: But she might have also contributed greatly, which maybe the academics didn't like because she was driven by so much
1: emotion. Yeah, and academics can get in the bin. Wow, hey.
0: Okay, okay, alternative facts. (laughs)
1: <laughs> what even a, what even a academics now bro <laughs> Wow I can stand up my facts right here and that's the truth.
0: Yeah there's some damaging rhetoric that's going around. <laughs> Maybe this film isn't great for the masses then
1: <laughs> I'll follow my feelings and I'll cover everything.
0: It was obviously it was with the the power of um, cinema, but it wasn't really that easy to fundraise overnight.
1: Man, she rocked it in quite easily. And, you know, the people out there ready to put their money out for the cause, eh?
0: Friends and lovers, I'm going to start a GoFundMe for us to find Corlys' body. (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) Um, That's a House of Dragons slash Game of Thrones reference. Um, Friends and lovers. You know, maybe I can find my mythical king. mm. I'll be driven by, again, being driven by passion. Because there are moments where, like, yes, I can relate to it. I like, I, you know, I understand the need to have a project or something to work towards. You know, i.e., this podcast. But then there were moments where she would talk very romantically about King Richard, and I'm like, I can't. I think this is where I, I leave you off this train.
1: <laughs> this is the after after dark version.
0: Uh-uh. <laughs> But I was like, wow, lady, like, uh, I guess we're on two different love books. Yeah, she
1: she was definitely passionate about it. Um, Passionate in all ways and meanings because, wow, it took a lot, man.
0: Like, tell us you have King Richard III fan fiction without telling us you have King Richard III (laughs) fan fiction. (laughs) What did you think about the collective, like
1: the group? Again, as long as you find a hobby that, you know, you can all... Enjoy. I don't see anything wrong with it.
0: No one said there was something wrong with it. What no, it felt as if you're trying
1: to 60 minute me into a, into an aisle.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think I read that. 60 minute in King Richard the third.
1: Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I'm just asking because you know there's there's some colorful characters in this film. So I just wanted well, to. Well, it's
1: film. a collective about King Richard and they meet weekly or whatnot. What ex- what else do you expect other than colourful characters?
0: What kind of a pub is it that them talking normally was like too loud? (laughs) Or was the pub owner just the King Richard hater?
1: Yeah, man.
0: What do you think about the kids? There were some comments being made about their mother not uh, ascribing to gender roles.
1: (laughs) I'm not pulled up for it quite quickly by the husband, which (laughs) was good to see. Um, Yeah, like, I. I appreciate the openness and how they were able to sort of convey their feelings and emotions. Something that I would never be able to say anything like. Same. (laughs) (laughs) I think that applies to a lot of our listeners as well.
0: Yeah, I'm like, these kids are doing some job talking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they were But but they were all quite supportive at the end of it, which was good to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, just for fun, Oti, if you were to dig up a historical
1: figure, who would it be? Oh... So by digging up, you mean we bring them back to life or just digging up and looking at their remains?
0: Whatever floats your boat. I just <laughs> meant like, you know, because there, there are scenes, you know, with Philippa and King Richard. I was just wondering if there are any historical figures that you would be interested in having a chat to.
1: Oh, wow. It would have to be Selassie, bro, just to have bloody brilliant conversations. You?
0: Wow. I'm also going to Ethiopia Otey. Oh. If it's not sacrilegious, many years ago, OT and I went to an Ethiopian Orthodox monastery and we learnt about a prophet that prayed so diligently, one of his legs fell off. <laughs> and,
1: <laughs>
0: and I would like to have many conversations about perseverance with this prophet. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no take backsies, that's mine. Okay,
1: okay. Maybe, do you want any of your limbs to fall off? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, if they're not falling off, then you're not doing it right, are you?
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned, friends and lovers, for the spin-off No One Will Fund. <laughs> Ooh, hoo, hoo. Thank you so much, friends and lovers, for joining us on our first episode of Reference Max.
1: Ooh. How are you feeling, Otie? Good. It's wild because I was really struggling not to mention spoilers Just or anything. Spoilers. That would, yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think this is cool. You know, if, if we happen to have another scenario where we get to go to multiple screenings, um, we can cover them still at the same time. Mm-hmm. Check out for Christmas when we rate these films, friends and lovers. If you'd like to rate us on Twitter and Instagram, we're at for your fpod.
1: Write us an email at podcast.com
0: We're also on hashtag Strong Podcast if you like to leave a rating and review. And we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Bye.